It's showtime. Three hours of conversation, cussing, and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head On with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this, the final day of November, 2023. It is the 30th day of November, 2023. Excuse me, November is done. We begin December tomorrow. It's not nearly as hatefully cold as it was, so I slept better, which is always a bonus. And, uh, well... We're going to get to the things that usually begin any program here at the Horn, gratitude being well, um, and it's our uh, uh, let's see here. Um, it's being the thirtieth day of the month, uh, and this program always beginning with gratitude. Um, we will be saying thank you to our Patreon subscribers in, uh, in a moment. Um, but, of course, uh, if you would like to augment your listening experience to the live program, if you're listening live, head over to headon.live in the uh, headon.live chat room, where you will be happily greeted by the early arrivers. And I'm uh, headed there now myself. Uh, that means uh, er, uh, being greeted by Theo and Squeaky and Ralphs and Irish Dave and Anatole. And, uh, Roger told us he was going to be playing hooky today, so um, I'm in there. And, you know, y'all behave yourselves because, uh, well, uh, I'm not much much in the way of a moderatrix. Um And uh, thanks go out to Annette. Thank you, Annette, and thanks to Charles, and thanks as well to Dave and the Blind, and uh, thank you to Mark yesterday. It was amazing. We will finish, we have finished the month of November fully funded, and that's a miracle, and I'm so, so grateful 
to everyone who made challenges and everyone who helped to fulfill them. Uh, let's see here. And then there are our Patreon subscribers. Patreon access is at headon.live under the Contribute tab. Um, oh. And I always have the devil's own time trying to find There we are, yes. Um, thank you to Smitty. Thank you to my sister, Miss Terry. Thank you to Dr. Allen. Thank you, Theo. Thanks to Randy Radar. Thank you, Christopher. And thank you, Janice. Thank you, Eve. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Bernadette, up in Humboldt County. Thank you, Michael of the Guffins. Thank you, Jeff and Slow. Thank you, Kay. Thank you to Andrea. Thank you, James. Thank you, Aaron. Annette. Another Annette. We have a sorority of Annettes now. Thank you, Joanne. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Vernon in San Diego. Thank you to Kat in Ohio. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you, KW. Thank you, Irwin. Thank you, Barb. Thank you, Horst in Taiwan. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Terrace, Brother Deacon Asa, thank you, and thank you, Jeremy. Thank you so, so very much indeed. Those are our Patreon subscribers. Um, it, yes, Randy Radar, it is already ordered. Randy wanted to know if I'd ordered the new iPad. And it is, yeah, it should be here in short order. I'm just awaiting. I'll probably spend the day, well, downloading stuff out of the cloud onto it. But it's going to be nice, to, well, it's going to be nice not to have to stay plugged up all the time. But, so, for this 30th day of November, we begin, oh, let's say, auspiciously it was something many of us have waited for for a very long time um, a very long time indeed justice uh, in arriving I found the perfect quote to mark the occasion and it sort of warmed my heart when I saw where the quote came from. Because it came from Anthony Bourdain, who reminds us with this quote from his book, A Cook's Tour, Global Adventures in Extreme Cuisines, just how penchant, uh, prescient, prescient he was. Bourdain wrote back then, Once you've been to Cambodia, you'll never stop wanting to beat Henry Kissinger to death with your bare hands. 
You will never again be able to open a newspaper and read about that treacherous, prevaricating, murderous scumbag sitting down for a nice chat with Charlie Rose or attending some black tie affair for a new glossy magazine without choking. Witness what Henry did in Cambodia, the fruits of his genius for statesmanship, and you will never understand why he's not sitting in the dock at The Hague next to Milosevic. While Henry continues to nibble nori rolls and ramaki at A-list parties, Cambodia, the neutral nation he secretly and illegally bombed, invaded, undermined, and then threw to the dogs, is still trying to raise itself up on its one remaining leg. Truer words, more accurate words, have never been written. Uh, it's kind of weird. He's off the front page of my news aggregator. You can't find the name Kissinger anywhere. Excuse me. But I'll be I'll be quite frank. I did not watch my filthy morning habit today. I have watched barely any news whatsoever. Because I didn't want to see any fond reminiscences of the life of what the the man that Bourdain called a Treacherous, prevaricating, murderous scumbag. And y'all too. Uh, you're, you've been sharing uh, your thoughts. Uh, Lou in PA saying, kindly stop holding back on your denunciation of Henry Kissass. And uh, Charlie says, thank you so much for your post about the late Mr. Kissinger. He caused this world so much suffering. Of course, he also was the lackey of the late David Rockefeller. Those were two persons who caused humanity much suffering and pain. Their view of life was incredibly utilitarian. That is to say, their policies were based on the ends justify the means bit. And also known as Machiavellian. I reposted your tweet. Thank you. Kind and kind and warm regards, Charlie. P.S. Love your more recent photo at Twitter. It's obvious you're happier and more joyful being who you are. Oh, I am. Thank you, Charlie. That's so sweet of you to say. Uh, Brendan pointing out... Hell is taking new residents. I assume that Hell didn't want Kissinger. Some space must have just opened up. For all the miseries and horrors that Kissinger brought to this world, there is no forgiveness. Peace, lady. Brendan. I agree, Brendan. He deserves absolutely the most vicious, truthful, unsparing, recounting of the horrors of his miserable life on this planet than we can possibly uh, that we can possibly 
provide. Dave in the blind says, um, after 100 years, the evil that has been Henry Kissinger died. While evil is a preservative, things can still spoil, and he sure is fucked. He's the one Nobel Prize Peace Laureate that did not deserve the award, and he was considered the liberal in Nixon's cadre of officials. Uh, P.S. Rosalind Carter won't be seeing him because Henry is going in the opposite direction. Uh, Here, here. You know, most human beings, your humble hostess included, are a mixed bag of bad and good. You know, as the as, as the New Testament says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Henry Kissinger, Kissinger did not come short. Henry Kissinger moved forever away from it. Uh, Scary Jerry sent this one along from, uh, I think it's from Reddit. Henry Kissinger, Secretary of State to Richard Nixon, dies at 100. When I was younger, whoever this was said, when I was younger, I dreamed of heaven. As I grow older, I hope there's a hell. Say hello to Rush Limbaugh, Adolph, and Jeffrey for me, Hank. Give the devil his due. Uh, Brother Deacon says, uh, Oh my God, don't tell me. I haven't looked at the news all day. Is that some bitch on the front page? Hallelujah. This is a momentous day. Of all the people gone but not forgotten, I wish Christopher Hitchens were here to see this day. He wanted it bad. Hitchens said, I had real plans for my next decade, and I felt I'd worked hard enough to earn it. Will I really not to live to see my children married, to watch the World Trade Center rise again, to read, if not indeed write, the obituaries of elderly villains like Henry Kissinger and Joseph Ratzinger? I, I think I think Hitchens, well, Benny the Rat and Henry Kissinger, hmm, I think Ratzinger was a rank amateur. He was a horror. But there aren't many bad people on Earth who aren't rank amateurs compared to Henry Kissinger. You have to list Henry Kissinger alongside Pol Pot. There probably would not have been a Pol Pot save for Henry Kissinger. You list Kissinger alongside Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Charles the Bad, and even he comes out milder compared to Henry Kissinger. 
There, let's let's be clear about Henry Kissinger. There was no good about him. He came to the United States at the age of 15 with his family fleeing persecution in Nazi Germany. So many died so horribly at the hands of the Nazis. I'm resisting saying something. He became a poli-sci professor at Harvard and was lionized for his real politique, his notion that the superpowers had to be in constant struggle with one another and that the United States had to be willing to slaughter women, children, whomever, because Merca. And that line about hoping there's a hell resonates with me. Because there needs to be some way for the shades of all the people slaughtered on his whim, on his strategy, to have their moment of justice. Not just in Cambodia. Oh no. Chile. As well. Central America. Anywhere Henry Kissinger placed his hand, each digit ended in a claw soaked in human flesh and blood. And so I'm the better I'm the better off for not having monitored any television today because I couldn't have took it if I uh, I couldn't have took it really little hillbilly I couldn't have I couldn't have taken it if I had the TV on and seen some uh, well-heeled somebody talking about the brilliance. That was Henry Kissinger. Bourdain was right. He should have been in the dock at the Hague. He should have done what was once referred to as the Spandau Ballet. Or spent his life in a lonely, cold prison cell. Perhaps the only prisoner in the entire building. I remember when I was little, my my father, World War II veteran, who is uh, would have been a year younger than Henry Kissinger. My father saying that man, I, 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 he said, I don't care if he's Jewish. That man's a Nazi. Of course, my father was forever saying that. The, most of the Nixon administration were either Nazis or Nazi sympathizers. Stephen New York says, uh, Kissinger, damn it, but it is at a time like this, I wish our dear Scott and Mr. Stress could have been here to see this day. 
Oh, the words they would have uttered and the belly laughs would have been a joy to see and hear. You are so right, Steve. You are so right. The world is a, a slightly lighter place. I'm sure more people were born today than died, and the death of one man cannot be said to lighten the planet, but the karma of this of this planet, to you, if, if that's an appropriate term, the karma of this planet is made manifestly better. Uh, the world is a better place today the way that it was a slightly better place when Adolf Hitler stuck a luger in his mouth and blew the top of his skull off. It's a better place today like it was a better place when Stalin clutched at his chest and dropped dead of a heart attack. Sometimes, uh, sometimes nil nisi bonum does not count, is not applicable. Sometimes nil nisi bonum is just, well, a violation of a concept of justice and mercy. Henry Kissinger never extended mercy to anyone, and justice never found him. Republicans adored him. It always gagged me every time Hillary Clinton would say something good or nice about him. And I'm only sorry he lived as long as he did. And I hope they bury him in secret. Personally, his body, I think his body should be stuffed in a toxic waste drum, sealed and welded shut, and dropped into the Mariana Trench with sensors attached so we could know the very moment at which it got deep enough in the ocean that it imploded like the libertarian death thermos. So that there is no mortal remains extant of him whatsoever. So that the world can forget. No. No, I take that back. The world need not forget. The world needs to damned well remember the evil that some people on this planet are capable of. So now another name rises to the top of the list. Henry Kissinger was the one we were really waiting for, I think. Now we sit around and we wait for one of his cronies. It's that old story about the guy who walks past a newsstand every day, 
pays for a newspaper, opens it up, looks at the full front page, sets it back down and leaves. He does it every day. And eventually the uh, newsstand vendor says, hey, you buy the paper and then you put it back. And all you look at is the front page. What's up? And the guy says, oh, I'm just looking to see if somebody's dead. He said, but the obituaries are... He said, no, no, no. This son of a bitch is famous enough. He'll be on the front page. So, yeah, another one rises to the near, near the top of the list. I'm speaking, of course, of Richard B., big-time Dick Cheney before he dicks you, a man with a million deaths on his hands. I suspect he lived as long as he did because he was trying to avoid death. Maybe there was some shred of him, some micron of Henry Kissinger that understood that maybe there is an afterlife and maybe he did not want to spend eternity in it knowing what it held for him. Well, that's true, Ralph. Either bury him in the Mariana Trench or... Make sure everybody, especially every human being in Cambodia and Chile, knows where he can be found so they can bury him in shit and piss. I'm really not inclined to moderate a single word that I say about him because he was pure fucking evil. Uh, John in Central PA says, Hillary Kissinger... I listened to a podcast about Kissinger where they quoted him talking about his time in Nazi Germany, and he said, We had no quarrel with them. And it's always worth remembering that uh, Peter Sellers did in fact confirm that the character he built of Dr. Strangelove was based on Henry Kissinger. Recalling, of course, that Dr. Strangelove was absolutely, undeniably, criminally insane. Animals could be bred and slaughtered. <laughs> of course, there will have to be many beautiful young women in the mine shafts for breeding purposes. Might be worth revisiting that uh, that uh, film, uh, Emilio. There's still new. There's still uh, there's news. Still dead news today. Wow, who's next? My heart's on Steve Bannon. Come on, Bannon. Daddy needs a new spiritual pair of shoes. Do you have an update on Kissinger, Robin? Is he still dead? It's been some hours. I don't know how the story's developed. Just just took it easy today, Robin. Yeah, I, he's still dead. And I don't know, maybe going forward, every every episode of The Horn needs to begin with um, you know, the date, and Henry Kissinger is still dead. When I heard the news last night after the program, I immediately thought of my, my, my mental image, because even though I don't believe in that sort of thing, yeah, you'd kind of like for it to. Uh, of little imps and demons 
jumping up on the up and down on the bellows, creating an absolute blast furnace for Henry Kissinger. Honestly, I shed a tear when I got the news, when I saw the news of his death. Far too long in coming. But it was a tear. It was a tear that came for everyone who suffered at his hands. The scary Jerry, something, something, something obituary, great fucking joy with laughing, uh, with LMAO emojis across the page. Irony asks Steve in New York, on this day in 1938, Nazi Germany banned Jews from being lawyers. It uh, History doesn't rhyme, or repeat, but it damn sure rhymes. And and here we are, and his policies, his philosophies, if you will, are still quite in vogue. Concepts like acceptable levels of slaughter. We're watching it unfold right now in the Levant, in Gaza. That and Bibi Netanyahu is damned well Kissinger esque. Uh, the legal term for that is Mortmain, the dead hand, and his blood and flesh covered claws are yet touching parts of this planet and will be a long time healing from the bare existence and the manifest evils of Henry fucking Kissinger Oh, I feel called out. Emilio says, dump Kissinger into the Mariana Trench? Really, Robin? That's appalling. I'm upset. What did the poor corpse-eating deep-water mega-worms do to deserve that? Shame on you, Robin. Shame on me, indeed. There are a handful of people whom I will not ever grieve. Kissinger was pretty much at the top of that list. Um, Nitwit Nero is tops, like I said, Cheney. Pooty. Victor Orban. Marine Le Pen. Uh, what's her name, the uh, Prime Minister of Italy. Nothing to grieve there. You really have to, you really have to engage in some 200 proof evil to reach uh, where, uh, in order for the, the, uh, the world to look at, a, look at you and say, my God, 
this entire planet would have been so much better off if he had never been born. You know, that that that's the theme. It, this it is the season, y'all. Ho ho ho. That's the theme of It's a Wonderful Life. George Bailey wishes he had never been born, and his wish is granted so that he can see how many lives he touched for good and how much happiness and decency he brought into the world. But if you made, if you did a remake of It's a Wonderful Life with Henry Kissinger, it would be the reverse of It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. Instead of George Bailey finding out how bereft uh, the uh, Bedford Falls would have been without him, we would see we would see Pottersville as the reality that Kissinger left uh, that Kissinger created, and had he not been born, we would you would see Bedford Falls. That is just how entirely, completely, thoroughly evil he was. It was 1969 when he became National Security Advisor to Richard Nixon, Secretary of State in 1973, but at the same time still National Security Advisor. Secretary of State under Gerald Ford. And he never met a right-wing dictator that he didn't love. bombs that fell on Cambodia are still exploding in the souls of the survivors and their and their descendants and even after he left political life he continued to traffic in his relationships with bloodthirsty maniacs around the planet. But maybe there is some justice because in his lifetime he lived to see the things that he did, the changes that he engineered, go all to pieces. He saw his beloved Chilean and Argentinian dictatorships toppled. He lived to see the occupation, the brutal, bloody occupation of East Timor turned around. He supported the well, behind the scenes, he was supportive of the war 
between what was then West Pakistan and East Pakistan, which is now Bangladesh. Hundreds of thousands of people would die for that support. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. The Bangladesh War claims almost 300,000 lives. Most of them civilians. Nixon and Kissinger even talked about the resemblance between the Holocaust and what was happening in Pakistan. And Nixon and Kissinger came to the conclusion that it was best not to do a damn thing. Horrid, horrid, disgusting excuse for a member of the human race. Indonesia felt his touch. Like I said, East Timor. And we could bomb the living bee Jesus out of Cambodia. Because Cambodia had no defenses against our bombers. And perhaps it doesn't get the notice it deserves, but it must be mentioned here. Recall that President Lyndon Johnson knew that the Nixon campaign was sabotaging peace talks with North Vietnam. Johnson famously said, I know he's done it, and there's not a damn thing I can do about it. Henry Kissinger was actually on the Paris Peace Talks team in 1968, and from the inside, the worm in the apple. He fed confidential information to the Nixon campaign. They then gave the intel to the South Vietnamese. That put, that put paid to those peace talks. The war went on for seven more years. And God alone knows how many gallons of human blood, how many barrels, how many tankers, how many... You get the idea. One of those links uh, this is from a uh, 
a, a Nixon biographer, John Farrell. Late September, and again in early October 1968, Kissinger, still working for LBJ at this point, leaked to Mitchell that there was a better-than-even chance that the Johnson administration would halt airstrikes on North Vietnam in hopes of reaching a peace deal. Among other things, the Soviets had told the Johnson administration if there was a halt to the bombing, a breakthrough might happen. On Halloween 1968, Johnson announced the halt of the bombing. Uh, Farrell continues, but South Vietnamese President uh, Nguyen Van Tu dragged his feet, announcing his reluctance to join in peace talks. And that undermined the end of the bombing. And when we pulled troops out in 1973, the committee for the Nobel, uh, Nobel Prizes awarded him the Nobel Peace Prize. His North Vietnamese counterpart, Le Duc Tho, refused the prize outright because it was a shared award. Think of the football stadiums in Chile and the roundups and the machine gun massacres that Kissinger was behind and that Pinochet carried out. And the overthrow of the Allende government, the CIA involvement to save Chile. And Allende was pretty much just a mild-mannered socialist. He wasn't... He wasn't... It wasn't Castro or Che Guevara. Murder. I mean, it's all there. It is all there. And so... Like Mark Antony, we come, unlike Mark Antony, I should say, we come to bury him and to damn him. Matt in San Francisco says, Giddy, when I heard the news of his death, I reflexively started clapping and said, oh, good. My husband said, what happened? I said, Kissinger is dead. He said, who's that? I said, too long a story. Just know the world is better off without him. Not sure how many organs good old Dick Cheney will harvest between now and his last breath, but that day can't come soon enough for me. 
the media describing him as controversial and saying some people call him a war criminal as if there's just a few nut jobs who don't appreciate Henry's towering intellect. To them, I say, bitch, please. Hear, hear. Lou uh, says he wasn't a Bolshevik. There were no gulags or firing squads. There was milk for children. Allende. Yeah. I've been thinking about Henry Kissinger all day long. You know, I first heard about him because of my age. I first heard about him when he was a child, when I was a child. As noted, my father saying, I don't care if he's Jewish. He's a Nazi. And I think Dad was most likely right. No, I know he was right. And so he's dead. Good. Good. And so I don't necessarily know quite where to go from that. I, I, I think about people who might be mourning him, and to the extent that she can either pronounce or, or God knows spell Kissinger, I'm sure one of those people is Madge in a marginal trailer queen. Uh, her latest thing, uh, she was reposting, has reposted literal Russian propaganda against Ukraine. Anyone who votes to fund Ukraine is funding the most corrupt money scheme of any foreign war in our country's history and forcing the American people to pay for it. Bitch, please. Thank you, Matt. Uh, the uh, there's an added there's an added note to her comment uh, her her shit on shitter. Representative Green is reposting content from the Strategic Culture Foundation, a Russian state propaganda outlet, sanctioned for spreading disinformation and interfering in U.S. elections. It, it was, it, there were some great moments responding to her. The, the majority of Americans don't want to pay your salary, but here we are. Burn, you got fact check. Of course you would source it from a Russian foreign ministry that spreads misinformation. Fuck, she's, yeah, she's an agent. Okay, plain and simple. She's just a damned agent. She's a bleach blonde Maria Butina. Oh my God. John and Central PA, Kissinger Memorials. The New York Yankees released a statement honoring Kissinger. I wish I was kidding. 
Dear God, I wonder how many people actually felt sad that he died. It would tell you everything you needed to know about such a person. Functionally the equivalent of how I feel about people flying the Confederate flags on the back of their big old pick-em-up trucks. Well, I know everything I need to know about you. Thanks for telling me. Might not have otherwise known. Granted, uh, Friday on the front porch is tomorrow, but if any of you want to chime in on Kissinger, this is one of those moments, this is, this is a historic moment when that much evil finally dies. I haven't, I mean, he was 100, he was 100, but I, I didn't see any mention of what he died of. Because even at 100, there's usually a cause. And I realize this is really bad for, you know, this is bad for me. But here's the bottom line. Whatever it was that killed him, I hope felt like bombs falling on Cambodia. Or machine gun fire in Chile. Or being slashed with a machete in East Timor. I hope it felt like all of those things. Uh, Flavio tells us, Rolling Stone's headline today, Henry Kissinger, war criminal beloved by America's ruling class, finally dies. Flavio said, couldn't have said it better myself. Oh, he was an elder statesman. Jesus, can you imagine what would have happened had the Third Reich managed to survive in any form? Yeah, I don't know. Von Ribbentrop uh, might have been you know, a revered, a revered diplom- diplomat. How can anybody look at the life of Henry Kissinger and find anything redeeming in it? Oh, but he, 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 he. Um, he helped to engineer the opening with China, and, and, and he engineered detente with the Soviet Union. And? I mean, I, I, hope, I hope Mao and Stalin and Hitler are all waiting for him at the gates of hell. Oh, come on in. You're one of us. And there it is, Ralph serving as the Horn New York Yankees ad hoc research department. New York Yankees pay tribute to lifelong friend of the organization and former U.S. Secretary of State Henry Kissinger after his death at age 100. If you're a Yankees fan, how the hell are you, how do you feel about that? Well, you know, I mean, is 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 that is that our equivalent our our equivalents for for Hank? You know, the old, well, Hitler liked dogs thing. Yeah, Arnold, that's the quote that I led the program with. It's a great day, Arnold says. 
It's a sad and fucked time in history, but people like him passing makes it worth living. Bourdain would be happy. I heard a quote from him that he would not stop punching Henry. Yeah. Uh, let me let me let me share it again because God knows I I like I love this quote. Once you've been to Cambodia, you'll never stop wanting to beat Henry Kissinger to death with your bare hands. You'll never again be able to open a newspaper and read about that treacherous, prevaricating, murderous scumbag sitting down for a nice chat with Charlie Rose or attending some black tie affair for a new glossy magazine without choking. Witness what Henry did in Cambodia, the fruits of his genius for statesmanship, and you will never understand why he's not sitting in the dock at The Hague next to Milosevic. While Henry continues to nibble nori rolls and remaki at A-list parties, Cambodia, the neutral nation he secretly and illegally bombed, invaded, undermined, and then threw to the dogs, is still trying to raise itself up on its one remaining leg. That, I'll bet, is the quote you heard, Arnold. Orlando Letelier and Ronnie Moffat, George in Course Gold says two other victims of Kissinger, Ford, Pinochet. And what I said on Twitter that Charlie mentioned, was uh, that that evil man hung on to into his 11th decade, I said century, autocorrect, 11th decade, whether out of spite or because demons flitted daily about his ears, matters not, Henry Kissinger can no longer murder people. Hashtag piss on his grave. Hashtag, bury him in secret. Darlene in Connecticut says, "Ugly. he was an ugly, dumpy-ass man both inside and out who loved to party and was unabashed about having on his arm and scoring with beautiful Hollywood eye candy starlets like Jill St. John. All the photos of him and all the other ugly-ass old white Republican men he partied and worked with that were in the Lipman Wapo article, Nixon, Herbert Walker, even SCOTUS Justice Arthur Goldberg just grossed me the fuck out. And I got the distinct impression that Kissinger and Netanyahu are two Jewish men cut from the same cloth. Just kill all the brown-skinned people. Kill them all. To his dying day, Kissinger said the criticisms of him were all lies. And yeah, Darlene says, I imagine Hillary will be at the funeral. Can't understand why even Stephen Colbert had Kissinger as a guest on his show. Kissinger, with that slow, heavily accented draws, it became a trademark of sorts. Why? Was he some sort of national treasure? I think absolutely not. So the world focuses for a brief time on Kent, Connecticut, located just southwest of where I live, with the town of Cornwall, where I grew up in between. 
I still think that former first with former First Lady Rosalind Carter leaving us at age 96 and Kissinger lasting about one week longer with four years on her still illustrates how only the good die young. Amen, Darlene. Amen and amen. Hear, hear. Huzzah. And if you if you watch the uh, miniseries, and damn, it was good. Uh, the offer about the making of the Godfather. One of the primary missions for uh, for the original premiere of the film was to get Kissinger to show up for it, and damned if it didn't happen. Uh, Todd says, uh, did Henry play Nixon like a fiddle, or were they both conductors? Seriously. I, I think... I think they were both conductors, but to the extent that Kissinger was trying to extend the slaughter in Vietnam, even when he was in the employ of Lyndon Baines Johnson tells you something. He was there to supposedly to help bring the war to an end and worked actively to make sure that more people continued to die. That is his legacy of death and destruction. Oh, that chicken. Todd sent along some pictures of a spatchcock chicken. And it looks yummyful. I know, completely out of place in the middle of a discussion about Henry Kissinger, but still. Angelo writing from the People's Republic of the Bronx. There have been only three people whose death I've relished. Roy Cohn, Margaret Thatcher, the Milk Snatcher, and now Kissinger. May they all be slowly spit-roasted in hell. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe they can have a pineapple crammed in their mouths after Rush is done with it. So I'm going to ask, and I may regret it, did any of y'all, you know, catch any of the more nauseating moments of coverage? Were they all wearing widow's weeds over at Fox News TV Radio Rwanda? Uh, was, was Steve Bannon un- inconsolable? I wonder. Well, we do know that there was some uh, nastiness in Congress.
apparently opinions were mixed, as one might expect. He's dead, 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 he's dead. And fucking good. I hope it didn't hurt too little. Robert Reich offered up an opinion. Henry Kissinger, war criminal. Reich wrote, Henry Kissinger has died at the age of 100. When a former high government official as well known as Kissinger passes, the conventional response is to say nice things about what they accomplished. I'm sorry, Reich says, but I cannot. In my humble opinion, Kissinger should have been considered a war criminal. One telling illustration was Kissinger's role in overthrowing the elected socialist government of Salvador Allende in Chile and encouraging the mass murder of hundreds of innocent Chileans. On September 12, 1970, eight days after Allende's election, Kissinger initiated a discussion on the telephone with CIA Director Richard Helms about a preemptive coup in Chile. We will not let Chile go down the drain, Kissinger declared. I am with you, Helms responded. Three days later, Nixon, in a 15-minute meeting that included Kissinger, ordered the CIA to make the Chilean economy scream and named Kissinger as the supervisor of the covert efforts to prevent Allende from being inaugurated. Kissinger ignored a recommendation from his top deputy on the NSC, Viron Vaki, who strongly advised against covert action to undermine Allende. In September four, uh, on September 14, 1970, Vaki wrote a memo to Kissinger arguing that coup plotting would lead to widespread violence and even insurrection. He also argued that such a policy was immoral. What we propose is patently a violation of our own principles and policy tenets. If these principles have any meaning, we normally depart from them only to meet the gravest threat to, to us, e.g. to our survival. Is Allende a mortal, a mortal threat to the U.S.? It's hard to argue this. After U.S. covert operations, which led to the assassination of Chilean Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces General René Schneider, failed to stop Allende's inauguration on November 4, 1970, Kissinger lobbied Nixon to reject the State Department's recommendation that the U.S. seek a modus vivendi with Allende. While Schneider was dying in the military hospital in Santiago on October 22, 1970, Kissinger told Nixon that the Chilean military turned out to be a pretty incompetent bunch. Answering, Nixon said, well, they are out of practice. That information only came out this past August from the U.S. National Security Archive. In an eight-page secret briefing paper that provided Kissinger's clearest rationale for regime change in Chile, he emphasized to Nixon that the election of Allende as president of Chile poses for us one of the most 
serious challenges ever faced in this hemisphere. Your decision as to what to do about it may be the most historic and difficult foreign affairs decision you will make this year. Not only were a billion dollars of U.S. investments at stake, Kissinger reported, but so was what he called the insidious model effect of Allende's democratic election. There was no way for the U.S. to deny Allende's legitimacy, Kissinger noted, and if he succeeded in peacefully reallocating resources in Chile in a socialist direction, other countries might follow suit. Oh, dear God, the domino theory again. It's the example of a successful elected Marxist government in Chile would surely have an impact on and even precedent value for other parts of the world, especially in Italy. The imitative spread of similar phenomena elsewhere would turn significant, in turn significantly affect the world balance and our own position in it. One day later, Nixon told the National Security Council, Our main concern is the prospect that he can consolidate himself in the picture projected to the world will be his success. In the days following the September 11th, 1973 coup, Kissinger ignored the concerns of his top State Department aides about the massive repression by the new military regime. He sent secret instructions to his ambassador to convey to Pinochet our, strong, our strongest desires to cooperate closely and establish firm basis for cordial and most constructive relationships. When Kissinger's Assistant Secretary of State for Inter-American Affairs asked him what to tell Congress about the reports of hundreds of people being killed in the days following the coup, Kissinger issued these instructions. I think we should understand our policy, that however unpleasant they act, this government is better for us than Allende was. And there wasn't any evidence to suggest that Allende was particularly hostile to the United States of America. The United States assisted Pinochet for uh, regime in consolidating through economic and military aid, diplomatic support, and CIA assistance in creating Chile's infamous secret police agency, DINA. When Nixon complained about the liberal crap in the media about Allende's overthrow, Kissinger advised him, In the Eisenhower period, we would be heroes. At the height of Pinochet's repression in 1975, Kissinger met with the Chilean foreign minister, Admiral Patricio Carvajal. Rather than press the military regime to improve its human rights record, Kissinger opened the meeting by disparaging his own staff for putting the issue of human rights on the agenda. I read the briefing paper for this meeting, and it was nothing but human rights. The State Department is made up of people who have a vocation for the ministry. Because there are not enough churches for them, they went into the Department of State. Jesus, how evil. He almost beggars the, uh, an, an, a, a fair and fitting description of how evil.
When Kissinger prepared to meet Pinochet in Santiago in June 1976, his top deputy for Latin America, William D. Rogers, advised him to make human rights central to U.S.-Chilean relations and to press the dictator to improve human rights practices. Now, now, instead what happened was, well, there's a transcript of the conversation, Kissinger said, told Pinochet that he was a victim of leftist propaganda on human rights. In the United States, as you know, we are sympathetic with what you're trying to do here. We want to help, not undermine you. You did a great service to the West in overthrowing Allende. And a reminder, Henry Kissinger is dead. Jimmy Carter is still alive and older. Not not quite as old, I'm sorry. Jimmy Carter is still alive. I mention that because Jimmy Carter would become known as the human rights president. Not only did he turn the efforts of his administration to human rights, he also made the rest of his life human rights. And while Henry Kissinger was swanning around at cocktail parties, Jimmy Carter was helping to build decent homes for people of little means. Robert Reich concludes saying, The Chilean government has formally requested that the Biden administration publish documentation from 1973 and 1974. on what was said in the Oval Office before and after the coup led by Pinochet. We still don't know what President Nixon saw on his desk the morning of the military coup. Chile's ambassador to the United States, Juan Gabriel Valdez, says, There are details that remain of interest to Chileans that are important for us to reconstruct our own history. An appropriate response to Kissinger's death would be for the U.S. to own up to the entirety of what Nixon and Kissinger wrought. Uh, Flavio notes, I posted a link to the trials of Henry Kissinger on Facebook last night. That 2002 documentary was based on a similarly titled book by Christopher Hitchens. Hitchens, who then went on to cheerlead the invasion of Iraq. Um, uh, Yes, please, Jeremy, if you don't mind. I think that would be a fine thing. Steve notes uh, in, in, in New York, Allende was hostile to capitalism and ghouls at the Chicago School of Economics. Well, I think I think if you I, I think proof of basic humanity is opposition to someone like oh, Milton Friedman. 
There's your Chicago School of Economics, without a doubt. Yeah, stuff it with those human rights, Kissinger versus Chile. Emilio says there's gold and copper and crude oil and timber and copper and other important things for the taking. Because that, that that's a big part of it. Kissinger was at his most basic level. In addition to everything else we've said. A fucking thief. God, no, God alone knows how many Chileans were murdered for those very resources that Emilio alludes to in which American corporations were deeply <clears throat> invested. And in Germany, a trial is about to begin. Uh, a member of the Alternative für Deutschland, uh, n- nicer Nazis party, uh, Bjorn Höcke, is about to be trial- tried on criminal charges of having used a banned Nazi slogan in a public speech. That ruling came down in a central German court today. Herke is a regional leader of the Alternative für Deutschland Party in the state of Thuringen. This is not his first criminal investigation, but it is the first time he's been ordered to stand trial. The trial will be held in Halle, there's no official date set for the trial yet. He in a speech used the motto of the SA, the Sturmabteilung, the brown shirt uh, bully boy brawlers in the early years of Adolf Hitler's rise to power. Alles für ihr Homeland, well, everything for our homeland, everything for Saxony Anhalt, everything for Germany. Alles für Deutschland. That was the speech he gave. That was the motto of the SA. <sighs> because birds of a feather, Nazis of a feather. Oh, and then uh, a little something transpired today in Mother Russia. The Russian government today banned what it refers to as 
International LGBTQ Movement. And said that members of the LGBTQ community are extremists. It was a ruling handed down from the <clears throat> Supreme Court of Mavarasha. Agence France Press had the coverage. The court didn't say who or what organizations would be affected. But the judge in question said the international LGBT public movement and its subdivisions are extremist. And this court enforces, announces ban on its activities on the territory of Russia. It was kind of like Star Chamber. There was no defense in the case. And the judge went so far as to say, order of noble court will take effect immediately. And uh, Noel Shaida, head of communication at LGBTQ rights NGO Sphere Foundation, told AFP it's causing a huge panic because it's completely unclear who will be prosecuted under this ban. It means massive prison time. If they use it against individuals, it means massive Russian prison time for anybody, lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, queer. Curiously enough, there's not a hell of a lot of difference between that and the Heritage Foundation's Project 2025. Also prosecutable could be any group that advocates for LGBTQ rights. Shaida said... Uh, there will be complete censorship and probably difficulties in providing assistance because we will have to go underground. Most members of the group have already fled Russia and are working from outside Russian borders. It is presently illegal in Russia to say anything positive whatsoever about anyone who is lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or queer. They have banned in Russia medical intervention for transition. They've banned administrative uh, procedures for transition, things like name changes. Uh, Ms. Shaida said, uh, this is all an effort to divert attention from the war, from the failures in the war. Recall that Putin has said that his, uh, his, his bloodthirsty attack on Ukraine was an attempt to protect Russia against the transes. And there's not a nickel's worth of difference.
between those attitudes and the attitudes of the maggots in Congress, uh, in ordinary life, all over, all over this country. And while the death of Henry Kissinger is a rose on this thorn-in-the-side Thursday, a moment of stupidity. Senate Republicans were having lunch today. Well, uh, senators, I suppose all of them, were provided lunch by the Iowa Cattlemen's Association. And Joni Ernst, you remember Joni Ernst, walked uphill to school both ways in in six-foot snow with bread bags on her feet so that she could eventually rise to become a noted hog baller. Well, she was she was chowing down on uh, a pork chop, and as she sat there choking to death, Rand Paul, libertarian ophthalmologist, and that thing on his head, came over and licked her butt. I'm sorry performed the Heimlich maneuver on her. No, he did the Heimlich. And she, and up came that hunk of the the Iowa Cattlemen's Association chop. Okay, maybe it wasn't a pork chop. I don't understand this language. Help me here. According to photos posted by, is, is, is a chop an event? According to photos posted by Senator Chuck Grassley, because Chuckles would be there to take pictures, I guess. Oh, look, the junior senator from my state's choking to death. Joni Ernst was taking part in a chop from the Iowa Cattlemen's Association, which had set up a lunchtime spread for lawmakers. A chop. Maybe that. So after she was all better, Joni. I always think of that great song, Joni the Jehovah's Witness Stripper. Uh, After she recovered from the choking incident, she ran to social media, Joni did, to say, can't help but choke on the woke policies Dems are forcing down our throats. Thanks, Rand Paul. She came close to fucking choking to death. And she can't blame the Iowa Cattlemen's Association, so I guess that was woke beef. Forcing down our throat. They, they. God bless America. These freaks. The obsession never ends. They can't stop thinking about having things. Put down their throats. Oh, and speaking of uh, Republicans who can't stop thinking about horrid things, 
I had a note from Micah earlier. Uh, crazy stuff going down in the sleepy little mid in sleepy little Midland. Local megachurch douche Mark Barkley's son-in-law just got busted for all kinds of pedo stuff. Grammar. Oh no, really a real one. Micah informing me Barkley also happens to be the guy who asked his congregation for seventy-nine thousand dollars to repaint the Lord's private jet. Ah, uh, so so yeah, sure, sure, Micah. It's a, yeah, it's a it's a day after prayer meeting Wednesday, but there's never a bad time. Until <laughs> hell no. And uh, then down in North Carolina, Stan. Uh, there's a fellow who is a uh, co-founder of an outfit that's based in North Carolina stand called Students for Trump and his name is Ryan Fournier Uh, he co-founded Students for Trump after the 2016 election Now he runs a grift called Radical Alert, exposing radicals' hate that has taken over American college campuses. Well, Ryan Fournier is 27 years old. Ryan Fournier is facing misdemeanor assault charges. Because he identified, he uh, assaulted a woman, identified as his girlfriend, by grabbing her right arm and striking her in the forehead with a handgun. Lawful gun owner, y'all. I'm just trying to figure out how pistol whipping someone is misdemeanor assault. He was charged with domestic assault on a female and assault with a deadly weapon, which are both apparently misdemeanors in North Carolina, Stan. Because, of course. All right. Because, you know, that's who they are. <sighs> I, 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 guess, I guess his actions were unwoke. Uh, then in Georgia, there's, uh, and we've talked about him in the past, State Senator Colton Moa. who barked and screamed and demanded that uh, his orange god emperor not be prosecuted. And now he de- he has declared, Colton Moa has, that he has a plan that's absolutely foolproof to keep 
Julius Geezer out of the joint. So uh, where do we stand on this? What, what needs to be done? What's the call to action down there? Because the Fonnie Willis thing's out of control. Uh, That's right. What, Steve, what I'm needs working on a to piece be done, of legislation. and what can this audience do? I'm working on a piece yep. of legislation yep. called the Stop Political Persecutions Act, and this thing is going to be foolproof. Several attorneys are working on it. You know, RICO in the state of Georgia does not have a monetary component like most states do. You know, some say if we added a monetary component to Georgia's RICO, well, you know, Trump and everybody's been indicted on election stuff, not monetary stuff. What is monetary stuff? Well, that's, you know, when you're going after drug dealers, organized crime. Yeah, that's the problem, though. It's a little late for that, Colton, you freaking genius. You can prove that they were trying to make some money. Well, that's not the case in this. You know, and if that doesn't work, because some people could argue that maybe Trump was trying to make money by getting elected, we are going to list out every single charge that these people have been indicted with and just say those charges are not going to be associated with RICO anymore. And therefore, that would retroactively drop the charges. Fonnie Willis would be done, and it would only take a simple majority vote. You know, politicians and senators gave the excuse, we don't have the votes to call a special session. Well, all we need is 29 votes of 33 Republicans, and we could get this done, and we would set Trump free. Set Trump free. As if he was standing behind bars, dragging a tin cup across him and saying, Let me out, let me out, you dirty screws, let me out. Naturally, this blithering insanity was to be found over at the Rattletrap podcast run by the man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells. Oh, and here at the halfway mark of the program, uh, Jeremy was kind enough to start a a uh, front porch group. If any of you would like to join in and uh, and, and and participate in ushering Henry Kissinger into hell, uh, well, just uh, jump into the Skype group. Uh, those of you. Um, I don't know if uh, I don't know if the buttons up at head on dot live, or just use the stress line too. You can do that as well, eight four four eight four three four six seven six eight four four the horn. Even though many of them were in mourning. Republicans did manage to hold committee hearings today. House Judiciary Committee had a hearing on their weaponization of the federal government, the paranoid conspiracy theory. And Jim Jacketoff Jordan, who is the chairman of that committee, you'll recall, uh, began barking and grunting and Stacy Plaskett, love, love her, wasn't having any of it. In a few minutes, but I now yield to the ranking member for an opening statement. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, first, may I ask unanimous consent that the gentlewoman from Pennsylvania, Ms. Dean, a member of the full committee, be permitted to sit on the dais. She's yeah. not going to ask any questions. Uh, without objection. Thank you very much. Um, good day to everyone. 
Every day, the American people share with members of Congress, social media friends, family, and anyone who will listen that they live largely in fear for their future. When I scroll through my social media feeds, I see people worried they don't have job opportunities or job security the generation before them had, worried they don't have time, resources, or support to take care of sick parents or disabled relatives, worried they won't be able to afford to buy a home to call their own, worried they will not be able to see their kids send their children to college or simply provide for their children the way they were provided for. I see Americans are concerned. I see parents concerned that schools are becoming unsafe for their children. I see Americans are concerned that rights are being taken away. Americans concerned that their vote might be discounted or may not even be able to cast a vote. In the discussion of the weaponization of the federal government, the majority has acknowledged the fact in this discussion of the weaponization of government, I'm sorry, um, one of the things that I've requested that we look into is the IRS audits of working class people and people of color, which are far, far at a higher rate than millionaires and billionaires, or a discussion in a hearing of actions by the former President Donald Trump and what he has said he will do to weaponize our government if reelected. However, we're not having a hearing about those topics. We're not having discussions. Congress is not engaged in making any headway on those things that Americans are most concerned with. Today, we're having a hearing with witnesses on the Republican side, two of whom we've already heard from. In fact, this is the second hearing where Republicans have brought out repeat witnesses, the second hearing in a row. In preparation for the 2024 presidential election, Republicans on this, select, this committee want to entrench their theory of social media censorship, their unfounded accusation that social media companies are colluding with the government to censor conservative voices. There's no evidence of this collusion, and in fact, this committee has heard closed-door testimony from 29 witnesses who have said on the record government, as well as social media individuals, that the alleged collusion and supposed censorship claimed by the committee Republicans has not taken place. But Republicans won't release that testimony, and they are not being honest with the American people. Because as they ramp up their own misinformation campaign before the 2024 election, they need free reign to elevate hate, to engage in voter suppression online, in addition to their normal in-person voter suppression tactics. This hearing suits political purposes. Republicans are holding the same hearing all over again for one simple reason. They want to distract from the actual threat of the weaponization of government on the American people. That is Donald Trump. In the past few months, Trump has said that he would reinstate the Muslim travel ban in fact, his exact words were, when I return to office, the travel ban is coming back even bigger than before and stronger than before. He has vowed to use the Department of Justice to investigate his political enemies. He has said that those who oppose him should be executed for treason. He has called his political opponents cockroaches, vermin, said that immigrants are poisoning 
American society. He has promised to use the Insurrection Act to mobilize the military against any protesters who speak out against him if he wins re-election. Those do not resonate as plans of a democratic leader. They sound like a dictator. They promise to be one who will silence his enemies and hold on to power at any cost. As the first branch of government, it is our job to be a check on that kind of undemocratic, unstable rhetoric in this republic. Donald Trump's statements are outrageous, and this committee and every member that serves on it should be outraged by them. And every American should be outraged at this committee by not having hearings on that. Many want to shield a man who, as many experts have identified, as spouting rhetoric cribbed from Nazi regime, calling his enemies cockroaches and vermin, saying that those who oppose him are poisoning the blood of America, and even calling for the execution of people who simply speak out against him. For four years, this man implemented loyalty tests, called for violence against his opponents, pardoned his friends, tried to illegally keep people out of the country because of their religious beliefs. He shoved children in cages, tried to illegally deploy the United States military to put down peaceful Black Lives Matter protests, and systematically dismantled the civil rights protections afforded to all Americans. And if he comes back, that will just be the start. That is why he has very clearly said what he would do over and over. Beyond loyalty tests, he plans to purge the government of all career officials and national security advisors who questions them. He plans to indict anyone who runs against him. He plans to silence protesters with the use of military force. He plans to make this country his, not the Americans' people. These plans will not just impact those who work in government. His plans are going to undermine the safety of every American when he appoints national security officials because they are loyal to him, not because they understand national security. They're going to impact people in areas that need support if he feels that they didn't vote against him. These plans are going to hurt men and women bravely serving in our military and law enforcement who are going to be forced to choose between carrying out fundamentally illegal constitutional orders and losing their job. Today we have Ms. Troy before us as a witness who has bravely spoken out to tell the world how Trump's White House had a culture of fear, how he had dictator-like tweets and statements, how he incited his followers to violence, and how he orchestrated detailed plans to spin his conspiracies into action by his followers. And she can say this with authority because she was there. She is a Republican who was in the Trump administration. When she says he means what he says, or that he will do everything in his power to make his dangerous promises come true, she speaks from experience. To the use the words of the former United States Poet Laureate, Dr. Maya Angelou, when people show you who they are, believe them the first time. And Ms. Troy, I want to apologize in advance for any attacks made against you today, which I'm sure will come, or afterwards. I want to thank you for your bravery coming forward and testifying today and speaking truth 
at all times to be worried more about America than you are about winning. I yield back. That was awesome. That was simply encyclopedic. Not that it was going to have any impact on the on the maggots, but still, it needed to be said. And on the day that Henry Kissinger died, calling out Trump's Nazi tendencies was especially appropriate. Um, oh, it's Roger. Hey, Roger. Are you in there? In the room, not in the... Are you in there? Um, maybe, maybe not. Um... That was Stacy Plaskett uh, deconstructing Jim Jordan and the Republican weaponization of the government bullshit. Uh, I've got you, uh, Roger. If you're there and you want to say something, uh, speak up. I've got you. I've got you potted up on the uh, on the Skype channel. Yeah, I'm here on Skype. There you are. Yeah. Uh. Tremendous delay between Skype and the horn feed. Not at all unusual. Um, yeah. I, I got home a bit ago and been listening and putting shit away. And How was the lemon all curd? That kind of stuff. Oh, we made 50 jars. Wow. Half pint jars. Uh, you just put yeah. that on like with on, with butter on toast or what? Oh, skip the butter. It's got butter in it. Oh, I didn't realize it goes, that. Goes really great on scones. Oh. Uh, I I Patricia was cracking the eggs and separating them and and all that kind of stuff, and somebody else was cutting up the butter and. Then some other ladies were in the kitchen stirring it in the double boiler and that kind of stuff. And then they sent it out to me where it gets put in 180-degree water. Then it gets brought up to boil. And then a 15-minute process. And then you wait five minutes before you take it out of the hot water. And then you put it on racks to cool. And I'm in, I, I have the process from when the jars come to me ready to be processed. So it's, you know, it's, a, it's a huge team effort. And everybody does their little part, and it's like an assembly line. That sounds like and a blast. In the not-too-distant future, I'm going to uh, send you via, probably through the contact the program number, a uh, link to our website uh, with all the different jams and jellies we've made and, and all the rest of it. And I would be happy to facilitate a whole bunch of stuff, but... If other people in the group uh, want to partake, they're also going to have to pay the shipping, and that 
if it fits, it ships, you know, it's only like what, I think $15. Um, but I mean, I, I could facilitate people buying if they wanted to buy our products, but they'd have to pay the shipping too, but I wouldn't take any cut. Well, that sounds, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, let's, let's definitely do that. I guess maybe I've never had lemon curd. Well, um, it's, if you've been, ever been to England kind of thing, have uh, there, there's, uh, it's, it's virtually, well, I don't know. I was there in 1960. Um, but it, it was available in, in every market and all that. They, they have lemon curd. Uh, what it is, uh, let's see, the double batch takes 14 egg yolks, four whole eggs, uh, a cup of lemon zest. I'm thinking through my memory bank here. I don't have the recipe in front of me. Um and that gets blended together in a double boiler, and then it gets put through a strainer to take the lemon zest out. And then it gets put in half-pint jars with half-inch headspace, goes into 180-degree water, gets brought up to boil. It does the boil for 15 minutes in the water bath. And then you turn the heat off, let it stand there for five minutes, just sitting in the water. And then you take it out, put it on a towel, and wait for the jars to seal. And then when they get cold and all that, you take the rings off, wash the jars. and You've got lemon curd, and it's shelf-stable. It sounds absolutely delicious. Once you open it, you got to put it in the, in the fridge. But... Uh, you know, it's like jams and jellies. You know, they're stable on the shelf, and then once you open it, you put them in the fridge. Sure. Now, tomorrow we have a bit of a problem. Um, and I, Jeremy's in here, but I, I'm not sure he's really participating. Uh, the Oregon Ducks are playing the Washington Huskies with kickoff at 5.15, at 5.30. And they're in Las Vegas. And I'm going to head over to the Moose Lodge, which has the cheapest beer in town. And I'm going to be at that game, and I'm going to have to be at the Moose Lodge by 5 to get a seat, uh, which means I'm going to be backing out by 4.30. So I, I guess you're Rogers, don't worry. Okay, you. you got me, that's fine. Yep, yep. I didn't know you were such a Ducks fan. Well, come on. All I got to do when the game's on is open up the front door and I can tell you damn near where everything's going on just by the noise from the stadium. Yeah. I never was before, but they're, yeah, it, it, I, I live so close that when there's a home game, it's, uh, thou shalt not go out of the driveway, uh, for at least two hours before the game and, and an hour after it ends. Um, uh, on the Friday after Thanksgiving, I took the grandkids to for a, their first fishing lesson over at Alton Baker Park, which is really nice. And there's a canal there that the Oregon Department of Fish and Game stocks, and it's supposed to make it good to catch fish. We didn't catch anything. But I pull into the usual parking area, and there's a great big sign, parking, $20. And I pull up to the guy, and I say, hey, this is bullshit. I'm just take, you know here to take grandkids 
on a little, oh, that's fine. Pull over to that lot over there and park on that far road. Don't worry about it. And we went and did it. And there are people in the parking lot with a pickup truck with one of these like 60-inch TV screens set up in the back of the truck because apparently they couldn't get tickets, but they wanted to be close enough to hear the game. So they had their TV set up in the back of the truck. I don't know how they were going to stream it to the TV in the truck, but I guess they're more tech-savvy than I am. And, uh, I mean, they were tailgating in the parking lot there of the park. So, yeah, I, I live close, and I've never been to one of their games, but... I've been following him, and it, the the quarterback is uh, high on the list of Heisman Trophy oh, award gosh, yes. winners. Yeah, he, he's, uh, a, he's a transfer from Auburn. Yeah, and if they can pull off this win tomorrow night, uh, they will be in the college football playoffs. They'll be one of the four. Yeah. They have held the top spot. For one lost teams, the only people ahead of them in the rankings are the unbeaten teams. Right, Georgia, and, uh, Michigan, Washington. And they're, they're, they were in sixth place. Now they've moved up to fifth. And if they can, they they got beat by the Huskies the last time uh, by like three, four points. Something yeah, it was like a, that. it was a barn burner. Yeah, and uh, all the odds makers say they're gonna they're gonna win in uh, Las Vegas. So, I, I don't know. You know, it's the local team. Everybody wears their uh, yellow and, and uh, green. green. And uh, with my long hair, I've needed to wear a headband when I'm driving my little toy car. And, you know, I, so I went over to the Oregon Duck store to get a, a headband. And so, I, you know, I've got this headband with the big O on it. Got to show the colors. Yeah. Um but, you know, I mean, I'm not that much of a college football fan, but when you live close enough to the stadium, uh, arguably the best team on the West Coast, uh, you know, I mean, people could say that Washington is a better team because they beat Oregon, but they're up there. Oh, yeah, and so. uh, Bo, Bo Nix is a really, really fine quarterback. There's no getting around that. I think this is his sixth year playing or something of that sort. Yeah, he's, he's – At least – at least fifth. He's one of those middle-aged college quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, yeah, but he, I mean, he's taking advantage of the COVID uh, bullshit that went on. Right. So, so I've, I'm I'm glad to be talking to you though, because you know, given your your history and experience, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on the uh, death at long last of Henry Kissinger. Well, I just got the feeling that uh, we're only halfway to getting rid of the most vile people of the last century. Cheney. So we, all we need now, Dick Cheney to go. Putin. It, well, yeah. Um, I got caught up, uh, not terribly badly, but uh, when I was living down in South America... 7172 um i couldn't go to chile because kissinger's fucking over allende um the <clears throat> the incredible thing is that uh, back in those days a lot of your south american countries had 
the had their money printed here in the United States, and Chile was one of them. And the United States government, under Henry Kissinger, got to the company that was printing uh, Chilean money and got them to print up shit tons of Chilean money and then flooded the Chilean market with exceptionally good counterfeits because they were printed by the same company on the same paper as Chile was asking their money to be printed on. And so if you were to go to Chile, you had to exchange, I think it was like a $50 for each day. I mean, if you wanted to go in, you get a visa, and if it was a 10-day visa, you had to exchange 500 U.S. dollars for Chilean currency. But <clears throat> once you got into Chile, if you had American dollars, you could do $50 and get twice as much money as you got from the official exchange rate because the United States was just crushing the Chilean economy and, and making their money virtually worthless uh, because they flooded it with so much money. And it, it was known, it was done, but they couldn't figure out what was counterfeit and what wasn't because they were all printed by the same company here in the United States. <laughs> so I, he, he was a slimy son of a bitch and, and hated his guts, but I'm glad he's dead. Now I just want to see Dick Cheney follow him. And they can go shove pineapples up their ass with Rush Limbaugh. Fine by me on all. Well, I suggested earlier that uh, uh, once Rush is done with the pineapple, they should, you know, stick it in their mouths while they're turning on the spit in hell. Yeah, I, I, I have absolutely no use. But then I didn't have any use for Nixon either. So, I mean, I, I have not just become a uh, progressive liberal, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I've been there for a long time. But, you know, I have my father to blame for that. My mother had a hand in it, too. But I, I think I've stated before, and I'll state it again, <clears throat> back before the Communist Party was outlawed in the United States, my father ran for the Board of Supervisors of San Mateo County on the Communist Party ticket. Wow, I didn't know. I don't think I knew that. And my sister's godfather was a veteran of the Abraham Lincoln Brigade and died on late day fighting for the United States and uh, got a battlefield promotion to officer that got rescinded because he wasn't a U.S. citizen and then a special act of Congress said, okay, fine, we'll make you a citizen and give you your promotion back. But he's buried on late day. Oh my goodness. I just saw a story earlier today that uh the United States Air Force is looking to expand air bases in the Pacific to guard against, you know, missile attacks from China. And lo and behold, they are reclaiming the uh, long strip air base on Tinian. I don't know why they would do Tinian. 
Well, when they've got Anderson Air Force Base on Guam, that just doesn't really make any sense. Well, to make them have to have to to, to make more bases to in, in case you know primaries like that are targeted. Well, I mean, well, I guess they could do Tinian like Kwajalein, um and take all the native people to Tinian and put them on a little island offshore and take over the whole goddamn island. Well, Tinian's saw, not that big. No, but I saw uh, I, I saw aerial photographs. The, the World War II airstrip was completely reclaimed by the jungle, and now they're taking it back from the jungle. Well... One thing about the jungle out in that neck of the woods, all you got to do is stop doing anything. Well, that is unless you spread it with uh, Agent Orange. Um, but <clears throat> the jungle reclaims territory incredibly rapidly. Yeah, nature nature abhors unnaturalness. Uh, well, it was like when, when that typhoon came through Guam, you could all of a sudden see into the jungle. For about three days. And by the end of the week, it was all leafed out again and didn't even seem like the typhoon had come through, except for the destroyed houses and that kind of thing. But the jungle itself looked really torn to rat shit as soon as we could get out and look around. But in a week, it was nice and green. And in two weeks, you couldn't even tell the typhoon had come through. You don't have to go that far outside of America to see the jungles reclaim. I mean, look at the Aztec temples. We have before yeah. pictures. It looks like a mountain. And once they've cleared it off, oh, my God, there's a stone structure 500 yeah, uh, feet tall. Uh, one it. correction. Those are Mayan. Mayan. Sorry, Mayan. My bad. Oh, besides that, Robin, since we yeah, kind of no worries, out, did you get my pic? Did you, did you get my picture today of the shooter's Twitter account? Uh, no, I did, um, must have missed that. Let me look. I'll put it in the chat so everyone can see it if anyone wants to see it. That's easy enough. There won't be any shocks when I put this in there. It'll clear up some things and see why the DA was saying what she was saying about the head evidence that there may be more to this than just a simple acting out. Yeah, there it is. Uh, let's see. Uh, libertarians want trans furries to be able to protect their cannabis farms. Unregistered machine with guns. With unregistered machine guns. And then look at the statement below it. Radical citizen patrolling democracy and capitalism for oath creepers. I mean, he's he's with the oath keepers or patrolling it from them. That's what I want to know. Yeah, I know. Um, the way it's worded, you can't really tell. Right. But the the uh, the page, of the, I mean, the the comment about trans furries and it. <sighs> yes, it definitely leans towards this wasn't a random act, violence, act of violence, even though he'll claim it was. No surprises, though. <sighs> no. Meanwhile, uh, you're going you're to love this, Jeremy. Uh, over on uh, what used to be Twitter, John. Hi, John. Um, uh, quote tweeted... Uh, uh, the uh, Colorado corn shucker, Lauren Bobblehead Boobert, Clanny Granny, Bobo, she uh, put up a post saying, just three people who understand that there's only two genders, 
and it's her and Anna, Anna Pava Laguna. And just as I predicted long ago, Dave Chappelle. Oh, yeah, Dave Chappelle's got a segment of hate in him. There's no secret there. He's always had a, a transphobia to his comment. It's been, been forever. Sorry. What, but this this would be the first time Lauren Barber sent him something on Twitter. Uh, last Friday, when Elon Musk was found that people's uh, paid advertisements showing next to Nazi statements and stuff, and they're all leaving, uh, Keith Olbermann had said he was leaving X once and for all. This is the line he draws in the sand. He cannot stand there. He was there because it promoted his business, this and that, but he can't go any further. So he put this tweet on X telling people where to find him. Evidently, Lauren Boebert thought it was a good idea to reply to that tweet, saying, good, nobody will miss you. She was thoroughly trounced by about 50,000 people. <laughs> well, and, and, and she's, she's, de- you know, she's desperate to be reelected, and so her latest thing has been that she's been telling people that she is the key to Republicans maintaining control of the House. Just the thought that she thinks her intellect could match even a, a fingernail Overman's is hilarious. Oh, th- th- there wouldn't be a greasy spot left. Uh, no. Over on, on, kindness. Uh, she posted a shit on Shitter saying, With the end of the month deadline upon us, I'm asking each and every one of you for help ensuring my campaign has the resources to win. If we lose Colorado's third district, the house is in major jeopardy of falling into Democrat hands. My opponent has plenty of money from Soros dark money and even Hollywood liberals like Barbara Streisand and Ryan Reynolds. I need your help. Can I count on your support today for the critical November end of month deadline? (sighs) <sighs> Although the funny thing was Oberman's reply to what she did to him. He replied back, I'd like to thank Lauren Bopart for my return to Twitter. It shows my worthiness here. Like I said, he wasn't mean to her, but just <laughs> there you go. So I don't know. Well, uh, speaking of which, I had a uh, message from Brother Deacon a little bit ago. Uh, Joni Ernst choking on a pork chop. Meanwhile, next door in South Dakota, Christy Nome is choking on Lewandowski's pork chop, the governor's mansion, with no husband in sight. Oop. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I had a note from Clarence. Kissinger and bombers. Uh, Robin, I have a, connect, uh, a connection to the Kissinger story. I was assigned to Utapau Airfield, Thailand. This is where the U.S. had B-52 bomber stationed. It's also where Sparky was. My job was to provide security for the aircraft. I remember watching those massive bombers go down the 12,000-foot runway fully loaded with 500-pound bombs. The jets would lift out over the Gulf of Siam and head east to the targets in Cambodia and Laos. There was not one day in that year that those planes didn't fly. I also saw bomb damage photos after a few missions. The destruction in Cambodia and Laos was absolutely terrible. I was a young man with little geopolitical awareness. I have some guilt for participating in that debacle in Southeast Asia. Thank you for that, Clarence. I understand that. I can see how you might. 
Uh, Ralph's asking, I'm guessing you heard about Joe Biden and Lauren Boebert's district? I, no, I didn't. That sounds interesting. Um, he roasted her. Oh, good. Um, uh, Lou in PA adds, even hell doesn't want Kissinger. I don't see why we need to stand by and watch a country go communist due to the irresponsibility of its people. The issues are much too important for the Chilean voters to be left to decide for themselves. The National, well, Milk, the National Milk Plan affected 50% of Chilean children in 1970, providing 3,470,000 with half a liter of milk a day, free of charge. That was the socialism of President Salvador Allende. But Allende was not a communist he was in a any way, shape, or form. No, he was yeah. a socialist. Well, the other thing that got him in trouble was Anaconda Copper. Uh had a huge copper mine down there, and Allende said, wait a minute, this copper belongs to the Chilean people. Yeah, that's our it's copper. It's going to be ours, you know? And he kind of socialized the mine, and that pissed off a bunch of people. Rumor had it it was the Mormon church that was really into it, and uh, that was just another feather in the, the cap that Kissinger um Wanted that shut down and returned to private private hands and steal it from the Chilean people. I mean, if, if, which, if, which, which, by the way, it should be noted, was basically just a reboot of the same policy in Iran. A democratically elected prime minister, Mohammad Mossadegh, who was a far cry from the wild-eyed wackadoodles that the, that the mullahs are, Mossadegh. Na- uh, nationalized the Iranian oil reserves and aging Churchill had a fit um, and talked Dwight Eisenhower into backing a coup to remove Mossadegh and put Reza Pahlavi on the peacock throne and of course, he ruled with brutal dictatorial bloodthirstiness. So, tried and tried and true policy of of, of backing right wing uh, murderous dictatorships. And not that Bolivia has a shitload of resources, but every time Bolivia puts in a socialist. Uh, indigenous person is their government. All of a sudden, it gets all kinds of unrest, and uh, a right-wing European descendant becomes the new government. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I thought y'all might get a kick out of this. Uh, it was, what, last week when we had the audio of Piers Morgan deconstructing uh, Madge, you know, Marginal Trailer Queen. Well, now, because he's a dumb little shit, uh, homicidal maniac uh, Herr Kyle Rattenhaus thought he was sitting down to a friendly little tete-a-tete with Piers Morgan, and things didn't go quite so 
well for him. You killed two people and you wounded a third. How do you feel about that? Well, Pierce, they attacked me. They left me with no choice. I have nightmares every night of being attacked and being ambushed and them trying to steal my gun and pointing guns at my face. It's not an easy thing to do, but I did what I had to do to stay alive, and if I didn't, I would be dead. Yeah, listen, you were acquitted, and many in America believe that you had the absolute right to defend yourself. Uh, I'm just curious, on a human level, you know, you're very young even now. What are you, 20 years old now? Yes, sir. And, and you've killed two human beings and wounded a third. I just wonder how that feels. I don't think that's an appropriate question to ask how it feels. It's not an easy thing to do. It's something I live with every single day. It's nightmares I have. It's something that I have to deal with. I have to deal with the PTSD and the trauma. Oh, his PTSD and his trauma from slaughtering two people and maiming a third. It's all when when talking about Kyle Rottenhouse, it's always important to note that he wasn't merely caught up in some un, uh, unsafe, unpleasant situation. He went to the trouble looking to make trouble. His mama helped him get that gun because he had a cop fetish. Drama from having to do that. Right. I mean, but it seems to me your emotions are more about you and your trauma because your life was being threatened and and that side of it, rather than the question I'm asking, which is simply on a human level. How do you feel about being so young and yet having on the record for the rest of your life now that you took the lives of two people? That you're a killer. Regardless of the circumstances. And and like I just said, it's something I deal with every day. I deal with the PTSD and the trauma and the nightmares. It's not easy to deal with it. Little fucker wasn't going to give a straight answer under any circumstance. So he he's the victim, even though yeah yeah he's he's, he's, not he's, being, he's, he's the victim. He's not being honest in any of his statement, saying he was forced to do it. The reason they came at him is he pointed his fucking AR-15 at them. They're defending themselves from him possibly shooting them. That's why they went after him. He left that part out. Yeah. Well, he could solve a lot of problems, including his PTSD, by sucking on a forty-five. I tend to agree. Well, if he did that, he couldn't live through to his threat to run for Congress when he's old enough to do it. He's and he couldn't, and, and 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 he couldn't keep the uh, the uh, money spigot uh, wide open. Now, here's something. Uh, this is what Ralph's mentioned a minute ago. Uh, but, but Robin, you know why he went on Pierce Morgan, don't you? No, why? He's dead broke. He's begging for money. All that money's gone. Oh, Nobody's is it? supporting him anymore. That's why he went on Pierce because they had paid for appearances. And he thought it was a good way to boost his ego. He's dead fucking broke again, finally. Maybe he can't afford another gun if we're lucky. Right, so that's my theory on that. But it turned out not to be... Here's Morgan is a dickhead for sure, but he may equal opportunity dickhead against people who deserve it and people who don't. That's one thing about him. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. Uh, uh, Ralph's mentioned uh, Joe Biden gutting uh, clanny granny like a carp. This is that audio. Thank you, Ralphs. 
When I took office, I vowed I'd be president for all Americans, whether you live in a blue state or a red state, whether you live in rural or urban areas. And we're, de we're delivering on that promise. But, folks, we haven't gotten a whole lot of help from some members of Congress on the other side of the aisle in the United States Congress. The historic investments we're celebrating today is in Congressman Boebert's district. Crossed himself again. She's one of the leaders of this extreme mega movement. She, along with every single Republican colleague, voted against the law that made these investments and jobs possible. And that's not hyperbole. That's a fact. And then she voted to repeal key parts of this law. And she called this law a massive failure. You all know you're part of a massive failure? Tell that to the 850 Coloradans who get new jobs in Pueblo and CS Win thanks to this law. Tell that to the local economy that's going to benefit from these investments. Tell that to anyone who wants to listen. Tell with thanks to Congressman, I think she, what she calls a massive failure, a solar power company that's investing $400 million here in Colorado, creating 50, for 56,000 homes, create 250 good-paying jobs. Light Source BP is building a new solar farm just down the road from here to power an additional 53,000 homes. Across Colorado, Xcel Energy is investing $1.7 billion to improve the state's electric grid. And, folks, none of that sounds like a massive failure to me. How about you? Nice. And that was, I think, at a uh, wind turbine tower plant. That poor dumbass. She truly doesn't know just how stupid she is. But God, she does. Oh, Amelia pointed out, uh, you know, Roger, you said Bolivia doesn't have a lot of resources. Emilio says, uh, largely true, with the exception of lithium, which is abundant in Bolivia. So there's that. Oh, we'll be fighting wars over lithium reserves, if we're not already. Emilio also asking, uh, free milk for children? Isn't that exactly how Hitler started? The people must be not must not be trusted to choose their own government. <sighs> yeah. Jesus, these people. But it is heartening. I noticed this little story uh, uh, out there. Oh, and by the way, uh, thank you. Uh, just a second here. Also, it looks like Steve from New York has joined us, although he's yet to say a word. Maybe he just needed to just lit up. Never mind. No, I'm just uh, chilling out, waiting till I'm waiting waiting till I'm called on. Oh, I no, I noticed your I did notice your remarks both on uh, "It's a Wonderful Life." Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, Hank, you can't go back. <laughs> you heard about the gag order was reinstated, right? Yes. Yep. 
And what does God need with a private jet? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I heard that written house written house thing. Um, in along the lines with what Jeremy said, this is the one thing. Well, the one thing I've noticed, and again, you know, I always bring this up because all I watch is. Uh, media and all I read is stuff from either the UK or France. Um, the UK has its right-wingers, its crazies, and they have their t- right-wing talking heads. I mean, Nigel Farage, Boris Johnson. Nigel Farage, Bur- Boris Johnson. Nadine, Rishi you Sunak. Want, yeah, you want to see dumb, look up Nadine Dorries. That's dumb. Oh, who was that horrid home secretary, that woman? Uh, well, there was two of them. There was um, Pretty Patel, and the one who just who Sunak just canned was uh, Suella Braverman. Yeah, Suella Braverman. God. Yeah. Um, but look up if you ever want to see dumb. Look, look Nate Nadine Dorries, um, and then there's also. Uh, my favorite dumbass, his name is Jacob Rees-Mogg. Um, he was, I think, what they call the uh, head of the House of Commons at one point. He was, get this, he's lying, he's in the House of Commons, it's in session. The the, the speaker is in the chair, not like one of the uh, deputy speakers, and he's lying supine on one of the front benches. And it's like, dude, what is your fucking problem? Get alive. Uh, yeah. But I was going to say about the journalist thing. What I've noticed is, you know, Mor- Piers Morgan is definitely a right winger. But there's this weird thing that even right wingers over there, those who wear their, when they wear their journalist hat, they kind of set their ideology to the side. Um, there was a guy who's a real right winger who lit into Ben Shapiro. I mean, this guy's a real right winger. I don't, I can't remember his name. And he lit into Shapiro, and Shapiro, you know, being the dumbass that he is, is like, you know, you are leftist and you liberal. And the guy laughs at him. He says, "You clearly don't know who I am, or 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 wh- where I am." Um, and then he, the guy had Alex Jones on his show, and he, you know, Alex Alex Jones, he was calling out, he was calling Alex. A crazy, a loon, um, and all this kind of stuff. It, it's I find it kind of interesting that, um, I mean, not everyone's like it's that. Like that. Um, they they have their um, 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 they have their Fox News. Actually, they have their uh, 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 OAN or um, uh, Newsmax. It's called. Can someone mute whoever that is? Because yeah. it's getting feedback. Yeah, it's echoey. Yeah. Um, it's called GB News. And GB News um, is, those are the crazies. But Reese Mogg is on there. I think Nadine Dorries is on there. Boris Johnson, I think, is on there. Um, the latter two got uh, um, columns with the Daily Mail. And the Daily Mail, if you think, if you think we, we have bad papers here, Oh, I, don't, I got to say, does the UK actually have any legitimate newspapers? Oh, yeah, The Guardian. Well, I mean, okay, The Guardian. 
Yeah. Um, actually, I think I think the Times of London is pretty decent. Um, Financial Times has actually got is very good journalism. I mean, to be honest with you, I find that I had to read the Financial Times when I was in college. That was among the driest journalism I've ever read in my life. Oh, you could just I've read it. You can just about blow the letters off the page. I mean, it is it is. It makes the, it makes the Christian Science Monitor look yeah. like a scandal sheet. Oh, it's I have never read a paper that. There is zero. There is zero commentary. It's here is what happened, and at least from what I've re- this, when I used to read, I'm like there is not. It is. I mean, they, I, they're they're. I I don't know what I suspect that their editorial page is probably conservative. I have no idea, but I have never read. That's the driest journalism I've ever read. It's like, so what's your opinion? You know, here's some facts. So what does this mean? They don't. They don't ever get into that. And and uh, and sometimes you do need context. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, a lot. You know, I. There are many journalists who have experience. They can they can articulate the facts, but then they can say, "Here is here here is here." Like you just said, here is the context where that comes from. Um. And honestly, I don't know why she came to my mind, but I was just thinking Naomi Klein is one of my favorites who – and it could very well be that a lot – whatever the stuff she reports on, I just don't know much about it. But she gives a context you know, uh, to things, and you need that to really oftentimes understand you know, wh- why is this in this newspaper or why is this on this news program? So, but I, um, but I, I find that very interesting. Um, um, forgot what I was going to say. I find that very interesting. And, and by the way, you, what what summoned me was the uh, college football talk. So, I had a feeling. Yeah, yeah. Um, Go ahead, unburden yourself. No, I, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of weird about this. Um, I'm intense until about an hour after the game or maybe a day or two after the game. Then it's like, in the end, it's just a game. And yeah, sun, you, yeah I, the sun comes up the next day regardless. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the other thing, too, is, is um, I, was, I actually got on one of these uh, email ch- uh, uh, texting chains with some of these real diehard Ohio State fans. And these people, I mean, this is like hardcore shit talking about the, you know, the transfer portal and this person decommitted and that person. And I rewatched the game and, and I'm like, whoa, I'm into it, but I'm not that into it. Because in the at the end of the day, Robin, those, you know, has no. Yeah, you're William Shatner looking at the Trekkies and saying, get a life. Get a life. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, specific to that, I, I, what. The, the one thing that I have – there's two things I've taken – well, three things. Two, three things I've taken away from this. Number one, there is something to this thing with uh, Harbaugh, this cheating stuff. And it's going to be – I think they're going to end up vacating three years. I looked at the – in particularly this year, and this is where I get – where I sometimes nerd out – Looked at the at the the, the, the Michigan's t- st- team statistics 
before and after they got caught, markedly different, way different. I mean, even if you think about the game this past uh, Saturday, Ohio State lost by six points, and that really and, and in Michigan the year before that. They beat Ohio State by 21 in Columbus with C.J. Stroud, who's a much better quarterback than that thing they've got now. That thing? No, you're not into it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, you, you, um, you know what? It's, I'm in a weird predicament relative to my beloved Mountaineers. I hate to see them lose. Breaks my heart when they do. They wound up eight and four, so they're playing. You know, they're playing six. They're you know playing 600 ball. Which ain't shabby, especially after the last few years. But what that means is we're going to have another season under the coaching of Neil Brown, who's a really nice guy. And uh, you know, we, we might have been able to fire him. We couldn't, aff- we couldn't afford the buyout, but, you know, the football team's self-sustaining, so E. Gordon Gee couldn't, couldn't steal that money. Um, so on the one hand, we're going bowling. On the other hand, we got lots more Neil Brown coming. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I talked to other folks and they're like, God damn it. We could maybe get Jimbo Fisher. You know, See, um, I, I just want Nick Saban to retire back home to West Virginia. That's insane talk right there. Yeah. Yeah, did you? You have to admit that get that Iron Bowl game. That was one of the craziest plays there at the end. I think I will ever witness. Yeah, I know. I know. And the thing is, two years before we were living in Birmingham and I was recovering, and that took three overtimes for the Tide to pull it out against uh, mm-hmm. Auburn. You know, and and the thing it's it's just proof that of of how profound that rivalry is i mean auburn could be one and ten and still play right out of their shoes mm-hmm. and that's what this past saturday was let me just tell you something the only thing that surpasses the weirdness of that ending was the other game in which bama goes to kick a field goal and they run it back, and Auburn runs it back. For, and I just, and the best part of that game was the look on people's faces, like, "Wait, what's ha- Is this legal? What's happening here?" Yeah, it was legal. You know what I'm saying, though. I just remember the looks on people's faces. Well, and but there's been so many of those uh, going all the way back into the '70s when Pat Sullivan was the. Heisman winning quarterback for uh, Auburn. I think he won the Heisman. And there, and you know, this is the Bear Bryant era, and it was the punt Bama punt game, mm-hmm. where Auburn ran back what two blocked punts for touchdowns, and pulled and pulled out the win. Crazy things happen in that game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I Look, rivalry games have a way of bringing out the best and the worst in teams. Yeah, and that's I, why I, that's why with Roger talking about uh, UW and Oregon tomorrow, uh, or Saturday tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow, 
Tomorrow's th- Friday, right? Yeah, but I think they played They play Roger uh, said in okay. Las Vegas, but uh, that one may be that one may be another wacky squeaker. Yep, I have a feeling that, and I, I see two people left, maybe because of we we drove them off with our college football talk. So I'm gonna I'm gonna quit my part of it here in a, after this comment. I have this weird feeling that some teams that we think are going aren't going to be going and some teams that are out are going to end up going. It this it's just it's turning into that kind of weird year. Well, what happens what happen and yeah, I know I know it's not supposed to happen, but what happens if Bama beats Georgia for the SEC championship? Yeah, what happens where does Georgia sit? Does Georgia stay in the play and that, you know, this is just further argument for the fact that the playoff has far too few teams. There's a better way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, five teams, you know, six teams, and a couple of teams get buys. You know, it doesn't have to. You know, you you can it can still work out with the same scheduling and timing, but you get a little bit more fairness. Right. Along the lines with what you just said, so Ohio State loses at Michigan, and Michigan was favored. Ohio State drops four 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 um, four places. Like what you said, if Bama beats Georgia, and Bama is ranked below, I think they're still below Ohio State. How does Georgia not drop out of the top four? But you know they won't. Yeah, I know. I, I you know, I know. I and it's almost like the, the thing is, it's almost like the conference championships don't actually count for uh, count within the playoff picture, which is kind of like they're not really championships. Yeah. Oh God, Unless, we, we've we have nerded bad. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Um, uh, uh, Kissinger sucks. See, I, I got us right back. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kissinger's dead. Hey, thank you, David in South Carolina. Stan, jumping in. Uh, I really appreciate. It. That's so helpful. Thank you so very much. Uh, it's ama- It's amazing to have finished this month fully funded and be able to get a new iPad. And that goes to the quality of the broadcast to a certain extent. Um, which, which kind did you get, or are you going to get? No, uh, iPad Pro, the twelve point nine inch. Yeah, that's, that's I've got right, I got that right now. Well, we basically we also watch our, watch TV, you know, uh, my filthy morning habit, that kind of thing, on the iPad because <laughs> there's no TVs in this house, and so the larger screen makes a real big difference. Uh huh. I have a TV in my room. It's a huge one, but I don't know how to use it. It's my roommate's TV. So, and he tried to show me. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to use my iPad. Yeah, but yeah, I can't. Why? Why is it blinking twelve o'clock all the time? Uh, and I don't have an onion. Careful. On I was going to say, careful. You'll be wearing onions on your belt before long, yeah. Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, or in my socks. <laughs> how hey, many is po- your roommate's TV fairly new? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, Sony something or other. There's an, there's an 82 inch one now. Turn it on tonight. No, to be honest with you, Jeremy, to be honest with you, 
I tr- he, he we got I got it on and it I'm just not I don't I don't watch it enough to care. No, no, I'm not talking about the TV. Mm-hmm. You need the TV to do this though. It's brain deadly stupid. It's simple. Turn on the TV tonight when you're using your iPad watching some video. Stop the video you're watching using the play button on your iPad. And then off to the, I want to say the right side, there's something that looks like, almost like a speaker. Click on that and it'll show yeah, you the source. Yeah, and it'll cast that. it to the TV, yeah. Right. yeah no, it should I be tried. stupidly simple. No, I tried that. and okay. when it, when Maybe, it, it, maybe it's it, too young. It doesn't have airplane. That could be it, too. Airplane well, is a fairly it new thing. It, 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 my, I have, I've seen that... Um, Roku does not, um, uh, what's the word? Doesn't doesn't take Apple well, for for whatever reason. Um, but no, I tried I tried to do that, um, and the the picture wasn't very good. I was like, no, to hell with this. I'm I'm not interested. As long but as you no, can see it, that's all that matters, I guess. But yeah. that was my suggestion. Never mind. We're yeah, good. no, yeah, no. I I I I actually tried that, um, and apparently it has YouTube on there, on the TV on Roku or whatever. Um, but, and I tried to log in cause I have YouTube pro or YouTube, whatever the hell it's called. I have that, um, YouTube, I, whatever the hell I've got, I've got, but for some reason, when I tried to log in, it, it logged in, but it didn't have, it looked com- like completely like it was somebody else's account. So. And also, thanks for kind of confirming my Pierce Morgan statement. Mine wasn't quite as concise, but I've noticed like you have, he drops his, politics when it comes to certain people he's interviewing he will roast certain people whether they think he's friendly or not i've seen it happen yes. countless times with him mm-hmm. and that's one thing i do appreciate yes he's a jackass yes, he's done some bad things he was tied up in that whole phone capture scheme and that's why he left the u.s but he will still roast a republican when need is there mm-hmm. he will do it i've seen him do it well yeah. i have got i've got a piece of breaking news here this is another case of us being out in front I got two cases of us being out in front of the curb, so far out in front of the curb, we feel like we're on straight road. One, uh, Politico had a story today that the honeymoon is over for Mullah Mike Johnson and the weirdos are massing at the border. The barbarians are at the gates. Uh, he's being referred to as, uh, he just did a 180 on everything he believed in, and that to me is disgusting. That from Representative Max Miller of Ohio. He said, we're talking about a man who 30 days ago said he was an anti-CR guy. We're talking about a man 30 days ago that was anti-Ukraine funding. It shows me he was never really morally convicted in his positions to begin with. Well, that's because he's an ex-gay. He's a joke. And uh, attaching IRS cuts to Israel aid was a slap in the face to every Jew and fucking dumb. <laughs> Does this guy not realize how dumb it sounds to say it's fucking dumb? Uh, uh, Let's be honest. There's no such thing as an ex-gay. There's a guy back in the closet. There's no yeah. ex-gaying anybody. It's, her- it's horrendous to even think it. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Chip Roy of Dribbling Dick, Texas, who said uh, Johnson's performance rating is plummeting. So there is some talk. Gee, what do you? What's happening now? That there may be another privileged revolution. Rev, a privileged revolution. <laughs> okay, there you go. I think I got it right the first time. Yeah, yeah. Where's your cowbell? Somewhere in the offing. 
They can't do it very quick, though. They're going to have to slow up a little bit because they need to vacate the chair uh, in time for the January continuing resolution to run Ding. out. Yeah, exactly. But then this piece of breaking news, and we were right. I mean, even the New York Times is posting this. Even, notice the way notice the way I phrase it, even the New York Times posted this. Headline, Israeli officials obtained Hamas's battle plan more than a year before the October 7th attack, but dismissed it as aspirational documents show. A blueprint reviewed by the Times laid out the attack in detail. Israeli officials considered it too difficult for Hamas to carry out and ignored specific warnings. Now, if the Israelis do not demand to put Bibi Netanyahu and his fucking weirdo fundamentalist cronies up against a wall for that, that's on them. Mm-hmm. Didn't, did I send you an article, I think I read in The Guardian, that it talked about this? Yes. Yes. And, you know, we've been, uh, you know, we... we, we and I guess I pissed some people off, but, you know, look, this has lie hop ha- all over it. Robin, we were talking about this the fucking day after it happened. The Monday after, yes. Yes, Monday on, uh, was it October? October 7th was the attack. It was October 9th. Yeah. I remember that article in Le Monde, 5,000 missiles, and I was like, how do you get 5,000 missiles teed up in that little itty-bitty area and not know about it? You read that you read that F an article in there and it talks in there there is surveillance where IDF people were watching this happen. They, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, and maybe and it's I think if I'm And the I'm, Egyptians because they're allies yes! of the Egyptians are reaching out to the Israelis and saying, "Y'all, there's some shit going on. There's a balloon about to go up." And Bibi Netanyahu, who is such a pathological liar that he could not tell the same lie twice, said, "Oh, we that's simply not true. That's misinformation. That's propaganda. That's not true. Oh. Oh. Well. Fuck. Did, does this have the article in the, does, is this exist in the New York Times article where they said they actually set up a, they staged one of the kibbutzes to stage attacks on it within Gaza or wherever they were, wherever they did it. This fucker knew. This fucker knew. This fucker knew. This is even more obvious than the Jan- than the August sixth PDB. Yeah, no shit. Well, remember how Baby Bush was flying all around the country prior to September eleventh, not going back to D.C. Yep. <laughs> I don't got to be in D.C. to work. <laughs> fucker. Uh, let's see if I can. I need to get a non-paywalled um, version on. Well, Robin, you just have to talk to me, and I'll get anything you want. Although I don't have New York Times, so. Can you believe? I was going to say, can you believe this? And I, I, I answered my own question by saying, of course I can.
Hopefully that'll open. Yeah, there it is. Um, the approximately 40-page document was, which the Israeli authorities codenamed Jericho Wall outlined point by point exactly the kind of devastating invasion that led to the deaths of about 1,200 people. It described a methodical assault designed to overwhelm the fortifications around the Gaza Strip, take over Israeli cities, and storm key military bases, including a division headquarters. Hamas followed the blueprint with shocking precision. The document called for a barrage of rockets at the outset of the attack, drones to knock out the security cameras, and automated machine guns along the border. Automated machine guns. And gunmen to pour into Israel en masse in paragliders, on motorcycles, and on foot, all of which happened. That all happened! That's like the fucking script, right? What you just read was the script. Yeah, and they had it for, they knew it for a year. And the military assessment then said, it is not yet possible to determine whether the plan has been fully accepted and how it will be manifested. So how many how many Palestinians have died for this at, at, at this at this point in time? Uh, how is it not a crime against humanity, a war crime? And let's be frank here too: how many Jews and Isra- Jews and Israelis died? On October seventh, how many were kidnapped? How many are still in 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 in, in captivity? Because there? Bibi Netanyahu needed to get the heat off his ass over his attempts, his 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 fascist attempts to undo what democracy exists in Israel, and to undermine the judiciary. Yeah. The anima, uh, the, uh, uh, the 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 uh, a colonel in the Gaza division. Uh, brushed off concerns uh, from uh, the SIG Int agency saying, I utterly refute that the scenario is imaginary. Uh, This was the critic. I utterly refute that the scenario is imaginary. The Hamas training exercise matched the content of Jericho Wall. It is a plan designed to start a war. It's not just a raid on a village. And so the Israeli military was completely in the dark. Yeah, they didn't tell them. Right, right. I mean, it certainly seems abundantly clear to me they were in the dark for a damned reason. And you remember he put he pulled all the, all those IDF out of Gaza and stuck them in the West Bank. Uh, uh, Bin Laden determined to strike in U.S. Israel has one of its own now. A defense mem- defense ministry memorandum from 2016. Hamas intends to move the next confrontation into Israeli territory. Such an attack would most likely involve hostage-taking and occupying an Israeli community and perhaps even a number of communities. They didn't just know last year. They've known for seven years. Robin, he is, he is, he is as loathsome as... I mean, he's, he's channeling his inner Kissinger here. 
Yeah, he's moving into that territory. You know, Israel desperately needs another Yitzhak Rabin. And maybe not kill him this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point in time, Yitzhak Rabin said, human history is written in blood. And it's time for us to find to learn to write in another color. Wasn't he? Wasn't he? Was a big military guy too. Yeah. See, that's what that's what see that's what I'm. I, I strikes me is that the people who 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 actually end up moving these things forward, it's a lot of times they're ex-military, and I suspect what's going on is a lot of those folks get to the point where they're like, you know what. This just isn't going anywhere, and I'm sick of seeing people die. Exactly what we're being just what you said we're yeah. being just said. And Randy Radar just pointed out, you know, that might turn it from a lie hop into a my hop, from let it happen to made it happen. The thing was so granular in detail. Hamas fighters would then break through sixty points in the wall, storming across the border into Israel. The document itself begins with a quote from the Quran. Surprise them through the gate. If you do, you will certainly prevail. I mean it. Bibi Netanyahu should face the death penalty for this. Oh, he is. You know. I'm sorry. I, I this stuff leaves me speechless because I can't. In well, my it, le- mind, it leaves me soaked in tears. Yeah. Well, that too, because that's what's going on right now. I. How do people? And have you have you noticed? I, I don't know how you probably don't watch that much uh, TV, but uh, when I've got my filthy morning habit on, there are Israeli propaganda ads running on TV now. They're buying airtime. Well, you heard about Mehdi Hassan, right? Yeah, that's disgusting. That's disgusting. That guy is an interviewer. He's a bulldog. Par excellence and will brook no bullshit. Mm Mm-hmm. And MSNBC just tanked him? Before we get too far away, Jeremy, I'd like to point out Eisenhower as one of those war people who was attempting to avoid war. Yep. And his farewell address bears reading again. The military-industrial complex speech? And with his... I I I'm have, I can't really paraphrase it, but every bomb dropped is a school not built. Yes, yes. Type of thing. Uh, I mean, think about it. history is riddled with generals and all these people who got to the point where they're like, fuck it, no more. I mean, think of Smedley Butler. War is a racket. War is a racket. The Vindman brothers. Yeah. There will always be patriots. And sadly, you know, a prophet is never welcome in his own land is part of it, too. Remember, Smedley Butler was recruited to lead a coup against Franklin Roosevelt. 
by some of the leading Republican families, one of which his last name was Walker and another which his last name was Bush. Not saying. Just and saying. then people with bone spurs love to rattle sabers. Yeah. Now this is going to be, you know, every time every time the Republicans try to message against Joe Biden, something happens that just, oh, okay, that one's not working. Um. The Dow Jones Industrial Average finished the month of November today at the highest point any time in 2023. Uh, it closed at 35,950.89, up 520.47, 1.47%. But now, Robin, we need to also look at the fact that the Dow Jones Industrial Average getting to new highs is nothing more than inflationary. But because that inflation is good for the 1%, we as a country look upon a rising stock market as being beneficial. Right. But if inflation is bad, why do we crow about inflation in the stock market? There we are. Uh, but, you know, with, with regard, the question is, numbers like that, you know, Will we get? Will Joe Biden get any credit, or will it be? He's so old. Did you notice in that clip of him eviscerating uh, handjob Bobo that he didn't have any gaffes? I mean, in that span of in the span of time of that clip, if that had been Nitwit Nero. Uh, he would have talked about being on the brink of World War II, uh, his polling numbers against Andrew Jackson, and would have said, hello, Cleveland, in Peoria. I'd like to introduce Jill Stein as my running mate. Well, Where are we going, here's Jill? Here's another sign of the economy for you that it's not as bad as people say it is. It's just a talking point. Yes, inflation is up. And people complain about gas and the price of bacon. But on Black Friday, Americans spent something like uh, – because Adobe takes, takes care of the, the numbers too. They look, they track this. It was something it was either $900 million or a billion dollars on Black Friday Americans spent despite interest prices. And then on Cyber Monday, they spent another $10 billion despite interest prices. It's all bullshit and all talk. They still have spare money to spend. Yeah. Well, when football ticket prices are four hundred plus dollars a pop, and the stadiums are full all around the NFL on any given Sunday, I find it difficult to see that the quote middle class unquote is hurting. Now, I I know there's a lot of people hurting. I know food banks are are being cleaned out because people can't afford shit. But the average Working stiff in this country ain't fucking broke. 
I, I no. I mean, I was just in the grocery store today, and I mean, the the prices are shocking. Uh, two, because I just look, you know, I look and I look and lust, honestly. A uh, couple of beautiful two-inch thick fillets were thirty bucks. Two steaks. Uh, you know, when I'm at the Wiggle and Pig, I always shop in the five for twenty-five. So I got some uh, what were called stir-fried chicken chunk. I'm going to I'm going to make something this weekend. We haven't had food poured this evening, but we can all we can enjoy delicious food. But Henry Kissinger's fucking dead. Yeah, yes. Uh, there is an Alabama recipe, and I've never heard of it anywhere else. It is simply called chicken stew. And back in the day, uh, when I was a kid, it's not so much anymore. Don't know why. But all the churches would have their big fundraisers on, like, Memorial Day and Fourth of July... And they would sell chicken stew and barbecue. And people would show up and line up for a mile. And the churches would make this make chicken stew literally hundreds of gallons. And it was delicious. And it's unlike it's it's unlike any it, it, it's it's this beautiful golden broth. There's shredded chicken in it. Uh, the recipe has uh, turmeric and a little bit of cur- just a very little bit of curry powder, uh, egg noodles, uh, vegetables, and it's ch- to, uh, you know uh, canned whole tomatoes, and it's just magnificent. Yeah, but you're forgetting the most important um, ingredient. Yeah, uh, what? Jesus. Sex clams. Oh well, <laughs> when you can get them. When you can get they, they're they're in short supply those Alabama sex clams. Uh, oh, and by the way, uh, David in South Carolina stand with a couple of observations. Uh, one regarding BB Netanyahu, this should be the end of BB. But you know he's he's a, he is a symptom of the disease and not the disease itself. Israel's disease is its willingness to vote in, and it's the same disease here in this country. The willingness of some people to vote for people who will, once in office, do things that deliberately hurt them. You know, it's like that old joke about wedding night for the sadist and the masochist. The masochist said, hurt me, hurt me. And the sadist said, no. Okay, at least got a little bit of a sniff out of that. Um, I thought it was funny. But, but... The Israelis have to come to their senses and realize that they need something, you know, they need to put the, the liberal back in liberal democracy. Well, you know what you're also seeing with, with Israel? What you're seeing, and I'm not just, I'm not, I'm not, we're, I'm only saying that because we're talking about Israel. This is what you're seeing here is what happens when you have a multi-party um, uh, parliament. Where you get that that none of the major parties can form a government, so you get these little crazy ones, and yeah, the batshit coalition. Yeah, and look, I mean, the Netherlands, for God's sakes, we've been talking about. Uh, Jesus Christ, what happened there? Geert Wilders, yeah, he's still trying to form a government. 
but that 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 dude's a stone cold fascist who dyes his hair blonde because his mother was Indonesian Muslim. And I think she may still be among the quick and said, I'd never vote for my son. Come on, he can dream. He's blonde. Tell him to come over here. He can be a Republican. I'm you know as well as I do, Robin, and and all the ships at sea. He's going to be he's going to be in the um, in the Republican lexicon at some point, just as uh, Orban is. You know the president. Yeah, of or Turkey. or you know the the dirty little crush that Reagan and. Um, Maggie Thatcher had. Mm -hmm. But do you know, in the same way that Reagan would not be welcome in the GOP today, she wouldn't be welcome in the... Um, no, among that gang of uh, no. mad barbarians? No. She was very pro-Europe. She was very pro-EU. She just wanted to keep a single currency. I mean, didn't want the single currency, but she was very pro-EU. I mean, the fucking European, European Court of Human Rights was a baby of Mr. Racist himself, um, uh, Winston Churchill. Yeah, the European common market. Uh, and uh, by the way, uh, David in South Carolina, Stan, also offered this uh, when we I mean, when, uh, when mention was made of Mehdi Hassan. Yet MSNBC still keeps Mrs. Greenspan on the air. Ugh. God, that woman is unwatchable. Oh, and you know what? Because you, 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 you look. I again, I don't watch. I don't watch. But the little bit that you've played and I've seen, it, it's kind of you, you. When she asks something, and the other and the, whoever she's interviewing says something, you want to go and. Oh, she's she's just bad, awful, and that's why she's got an anchor job. She can't, you know, she can't go out and 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 you know chase news anymore. So she sits there behind the desk and reads it. And they get, <laughs> the suits at NBC Comcast got it backwards. Give the gold watch to Mrs. Greenspan and keep Mekdi Hassan on. Take care, Roger. See you, Roger. Yeah, it's time for me to get out of here, too. What a wonderful fundraising-free thorn-in-the-side Thursday this has been. Thanks to everybody who made that possible. Uh, Steve, thanks for popping by. Jeremy, thanks for getting it going. Uh, Everyone have a good evening, and we'll see you on the uh, tomorrow night on the porch. On the porch, you got to make sure you bring the kerosene uh, lamp, Robin, or the kerosene heater. Yeah, uh, yes, we'll be needing that. It's my yeah. risk. It, it wasn't as bad tonight. Uh, last, it wasn't as bad last night as it's been the last couple. Those two nights were just hateful. Um, I mean, I could feel the wind blowing in the bedroom. Uh, but overnight lows tonight are thirty, thirty-eight. I mean. When, Steve, this may be a little. I mean, this this is really a deep, deep nerdy literary dive. But one of the one of the oldest poems in English 
is something, it goes something, summer is ecumen in ludicing cuckoo, 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 cuckoo. Uh, some years back, someone else did the winter version of that. Maybe, maybe it might have even been, uh, oh, uh, 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 damn it. He was the mentor to T.S. Uh, T.S. Eliot. Um, he was tried for war crimes for saying good things about the Nazis during the Second World War. But he, and he got off on it because he was, it was obvious he was just insane at that point. It might have been him, but someone did a take on that. And I, th- I think of it this time of year, every year. Winter is ecumen in Ludacing Goddamn. <laughs> God damn, God damn, God damn, God damn, God damn, God damn, God damn. <laughs> That's, that sounds like something Darlene would love because you guys are both, you are a kinfolk on your disdain for this time of year. Uh, I got to figure out how to heat this house. I mean, maybe, 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 maybe once we get through this winter, because, you know, Annette looked at me the other day and said, Roxanne, we're getting older. We can't live like this. We can't do. We can't do. We can't camp. We can't do camping out in our house anymore. We're too old for this shit. I was like, yes, and <laughs> real quick, do you prefer yeah. Roxanne or Robin? I Roxanne. Okay, but I'm not changing the name. I'm not changing the name of the program because I've just <laughs> asked too much. I've asked too much of the Horn Family Community Congregation. You put up with my transition. Uh, going from him to Robin, and at this, you know, changing it to Roxanne would just look like a desperate cry for attention. Yeah, not to say not to say that I don't love the attention, mm-hmm. but it's a little too we, overt. But yeah, because we'd end up thinking of we'd end up thinking of Roxanne Barr, which we don't want to do. No, no, you quit that. That to wash your wash your mouth out with with with, with bleach. No, uh, I would just, I'd have to change, I'd have to change the opening, and I still have to redo the opening, uh, opener of the program, but it would have to, it would have to at least feature a tiny snippet of Sting, the police, Mm -hmm. Roxanne, Roxanne. it's already already bad enough because people, people are already doing that to me, we were at Friendsgiving, Margie and I were, and uh, like three or four of my uh, three four three or four of my girlfriends, <laughs> when I walked in, they all of the same. And the damn video of Roxanne was playing on the big screen the TV, you know, all the way back from the late seventies. And they all turned to me at one time and in unison screamed, "Roxanne!" I think anything under twenty seconds is fair use. Yeah, and that doesn't take that doesn't take twenty seconds, but. It is what it is what everyone of a certain age and even the younger sets think of. Oh, Roxanne, yeah. Roxanne. But I just want to say we all, I got to get out. Um, just because I, I I got just got a, um somebody is calling me. So did you get an internet? It's not I a, got an internet. Well, I got a, a phone it's, call. It's not a big truck. <laughs> it's a series of tubes. If any, and by the way, if nobody knows what we're talking about, go back and find the video. Ted Stevens, Alaska. Ted Stevens. Yes. I have, uh, I have to wait for Robin to disconnect, otherwise the call doesn't end. Oh. 
do you and do you and Annette uh, have a mortgage on the house, or, or is that all paid already? Oh no, this is yeah. This this this, this the, the the magnificent Kincaid Mansion is free and clear, but it's a God. It's almost it's almost uh, in twenty thirty seven. It'll be a hundred years old, so it's almost ninety. And I tried counting one day how many people have grown up in this house. Um, it's a lot. My grandmother used to quote a poem that said, "I want to live in a, I want to live in a house by the side of the road and be a friend to man." And so people on their way to or from town, who just couldn't make it because it's a long way on out to like Ramsey, they'd stop here. Can we just sleep on your floor? Sleep on the couch. And that's back, you know, that's back when community was community. So we do what we can. We fix a little bit at a time. Um, I I just, I have to, somehow or another, I've got a, I could do like a wall-mounted gas heater. But we've got these humongous windows and nowhere yeah. to really safely put the heater. I mean, one of those heaters will heat the whole house. But you got to have somewhere to hang it. And, well, open flame in this house is a little bit nerve-wracking. Let's just put it that way. Uh, but thanks, everybody. Um, I will disconnect from the call now. Thank you for the reminder, Jeremy. And... Uh, Brother Deacon Asa just noted, uh, uh, yeah, you've got the Sean Combs, I mean Puff Daddy, I mean Diddy, I mean Sean John syndrome going on. Yeah, I'm look, I'm I'm going to stop at Roxanne, but you know the program's going to stay Robin, I think. But yeah, um, Roxanne is being used more often. It's just that's like Scary Jerry said the other night. Roxanne fits. So, yeah, whatever. But anyway, thanks, everybody. Thanks for making it possible to have a, to end the month on a fundraising-free program. And the fact that it coincided with <sighs> the glorious death of Henry Kissinger. I hope it didn't hurt too little. It's just marvelous. That makes me a bad person. Well, TFB. But I think it's a I think it is a sentiment that is shared by the broader Horn family community congregation. Thanks again to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our challenge makers. Thank you to all of our a la carte contributors. Thanks this evening, David in South Carolina Stan. Thank you so much. Um, Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thank you, Roger, in the chat room and in the uh, Skype group. Thank you, Jeremy. I think Jeremy's been elevated to uh, all-volunteer staff status. Thanks to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. I, I thought... I. <laughs> Is that fucker dead? <laughs> yeah. Uh, remember, please, if you listen to the podcast, 
like like each episode and please subscribe to a couple of different platforms because sometimes they screw up. Leave a comment if it is uh, not too much trouble. Really helps the visibility of the show. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know. The folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia. And a proud union shop. Stay safe, y'all. Get your booster, get your RSV vaccine, get your flu shot. I'm hoping all those things are going to happen in January when I maybe finally have health insurance. Wear your mask when you're around larger groups, more than five, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. Especially if you're around maggots because they're they're an infectious lot. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can, especially during these holiday seasons. Um, And, of course, if if the shade of Henry Kissinger approaches you with the smell of brimstone about him, avoid him like the plague. Because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later. <laughs>